Welcome to Mortgage Connect by MGIC, bringing you the latest insights from top mortgage professionals from the industry. I'm your host, Stephanie Budnick, and today I'll be talking to John Donnelly. He works for Service First Mortgage as the Executive Director of Sales. He holds over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry in a variety of roles, including loan officer, branch manager, and a regional manager. He joined Service First Mortgage in 2009, and as a Director of Sales on any given day, you'll find him coaching, mentoring, recruiting, developing new business, and training. He believes that we must set big goals and push ourselves to grow and become the best version of ourselves. He also believes that success is possible when we surround ourselves with the right leadership, when we have a growth mindset, and when the company that we work for can deliver like no other. The way that they do this at Service First Mortgage is by playing big, because when we play big, we serve the world. That's really exciting, and I'm really excited to be here speaking to you today, John. Welcome. John, I would love for you to tell me just a little bit from the executive director sales point of view and talk today a little bit about some of the changes that you've witnessed over the last couple of years, just with the pandemic, amongst other things, and how running an organization has been. And to that point, the first thing that I really want to talk about is what are some of the challenges that you have to face during the pandemic, since it is kind of still going on and it's something we're living on a regular basis? Yeah, it's something that has really changed our company. Some of it's been for the better, but the the first thing I think about is our culture and how important that culture is to um, our employees. It's hard to portray a company's culture until you actually work and you feel what it's like to be somewhere. We say that we're one team, one mission, and we're better together. And we're just, we're very involved and connected. And so when we were forced to all start working at home, Um, It really kind of changed the feel and the dynamic of our company a little bit. As we really realized that we were up against something big, um, we felt that as a leadership team, it was important to be transparent to all the challenges we were facing. And so what we did is we had a a weekly open mic call on Zoom. We have about 300 employees and we opened that up to the entire company and it was just an open call. We had a couple items generally that were part of an agenda just to make sure we covered some topics, but we answered questions that were, you know, personal inside the company, you know, how are we dealing things to externally, how are we dealing with a lot of the changes that were coming at us and from the market, you know, there was a lot to navigate. Uh, We were having a hard time selling loans um, to investors it made pricing crazy. And so we really told the whole company, you know, we would say, here's the challenges we have. Here's how we're dealing with it. It gave them a lot of confidence in our leadership team and helped them know that we are going to make it through this. And they could see the, the challenges that we're facing with we weren't just inside of our company. They were there in our entire industry. And so I think that was really important for us to keep the, um, the communication very transparent everybody could participate. And then as leadership, we even jumped on to a lot of our individual departments or branch calls very strategically as much as we could to just engage with our team. And so we had a pulse on exactly the kind of challenges they were facing. Um, So one thing we did just kind of interesting was we realized quickly that kids were going to have to be, you know, at home with our, with our employees and that was a challenge, especially doing homework. 
And so what we did is we uh, organized some tutors and we, as a company, paid for all the employees to have tutors um, for their children. So uh, it would help take a little bit of the pressure off at home and it would give them a nice benefit to help bridge that gap between working at home, kids being at home and then having to <clears throat> help with homework. So that kind of came out. That was one of the things that came out of doing these calls is just hearing people say how challenging it was to work at home and have to do homework all the time. So that was pretty neat. The way that we is really thing. cool. I hadn't heard that. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know that a lot of people did that. Um, we also set up an enterprise DoorDash account and uh, that was pretty neat. So um, everybody, all employees got a DoorDash account and, and the enterprise one as a company, we paid for part of the fee. So when you ordered, you really only paid for the food and if you wanted to tip them or something. And that was a huge hit. Like it's still going on. I think we can never get rid of that going forward. Every employee loves, they love DoorDash. I think I've used it more than I should, you know. <laughs> I just didn't use it for that reason. For like all the fees, I was like, God, I'll just make something at my house. <laughs> it's nice when the, you know, when the company's paying those fees, it's like, oh, we'll just go ahead and order again, you know. Yeah. We use it all the time. It sounds like you had a really good way of staying connected with your team and your organization as new challenges were being faced and it just became more normal. Did you find that you had a lot of involvement or people were willingly active within the Zoom calls? I know that sometimes I was reading an article recently about um, introverts versus extroverts and how they're able to communicate or participate. Have you found that people are more willing to participate or if you're doing different types of events that you're seeing that type of engagement or participation increase? You know, it's interesting. I've, I'm thinking back in the beginning and when we first started doing Zoom, not everybody would turn their cameras on. And so that was some of those introverts hiding or maybe they didn't want to see their house or whatever. And people learned how to do their backgrounds. But as a company, it was like mandatory Be because we did so many open calls every week. We thought you got to turn your cameras on. And so our culture is you turn your cameras on. And I think that matters a lot so we can see each other and connect. So there's not very many calls we have now that your camera's not on. So it's hard to hide. You know, another thing I found as a leader is it's really important to call as many people out as you can to give them an opportunity to engage, maybe not put them on the spot and make them nervous, but I call it bringing them to existence. And so the more you can make them feel like that, you know about them, you care about them and that they're part of the team. Um, I just think it matters so much. So strategically, I know I do it. I look through Zoom and I try to find a way to get as many people involved. And honestly, I think for the most part, they appreciate it and, and they don't just feel like they're sitting there stuck on a Zoom and um, they, you know, they don't know if they'll even be called on or maybe it's not always relevant to make some pay attention to, which is always good. You know, they That's, never know if yeah. they called on, but, but no, it, it, it allows you to, you know, feel like you matter or that your voice matters and that everybody is noticing. So I, I think that that's probably mostly appreciated more than anything. I, I agree with you. It is definitely mostly appreciated. We all want to make, feel like we make a difference. We talk about challenges about the pandemic, but what type of benefits, if any, have really come out of this that maybe you'll take in moving forward? Yeah, there's been a few. Um, we were pushing for about about a year and a half we were really pushing to do a full e-close and we had um, an app that our customers engaged with 
And so they could do an application online and upload some documents. But, you know, we would do DocuSign and email documents in. But, you know, we really, the pandemic fast forwarded the whole experience, the customer experience to where we've recently launched with a partnership with uh, eSign Title, um, a full e-close experience where you can apply for your mortgage, upload your documents, um, get your disclosures, and then close electronically. I believe that we wouldn't have fast forwarded to get this done if we didn't face, you know, the challenges of the pandemic. So it really made that go quicker. Um, and title companies and other mortgage companies and, you know, technology companies, they're all, everybody's kind of jumped on board trying to fast forward this thing a lot quicker. So that's a benefit. Um, you know, we, we closed a couple of offices and we re-looked at our real estate strategy to be more strategic. So we've saved a little bit of overhead by doing that. Um, and I think our employees are happy in the situation because they can still, they still have places to go when they need to, but they also can work at home and they feel like they're effective. So, you know, save a little bit of cost is part of it. And, and just really push that technology forward a lot quicker than we would have probably normally. Are there other operational changes that you see taking place as a result of the pandemic? You talked about the branches closing, but are there other operational changes overall throughout the organization that you see maybe taking effect? Um, I would say yes. Some of them are not all because of the pandemic, um, but a little bit. So when I say when I think of the pandemic, sales wise. You know, a lot of the salespeople want to get together. They want to do trainings. They want to bring their referral partners in and do classes. And so we've had to be strategic on how we connect sales wise. And um, I think that's been challenging a little bit, to be honest, because not everyone is accessible to, to go meet with and they're not always available. And then people don't want to answer the phones as much anymore. So how do you get a hold of them? And, and so that's been a challenge. I think that some benefits that have come are we've challenged our entire process. We, at Service First, we say we're nonlinear, so we can work on multiple pieces of the loan at once. So we could literally draw docs and clear and review an appraisal and, and clear a condition and underwriting at the same moment. Well, we've continued to challenge our system and because of the inventory shortage, which is still kind of part of the pandemic caused all this, that inventory shortage causes us to relook at our system. And then we moved underwriting up to before, before we even make an offer. So we're fully underwriting loans prior to making offers. And then we're calling these customers certified buyers. And so they can go to make an offer. And then we guarantee a close in 19 days. So they have a leg up on their competitors that they're already underwritten. The only condition is title and appraisal. And we close the loan really quick. So maybe, maybe they can get their offer accepted over somebody else because we've done so much work up front. And then our loan officers call, email, and text the listing agent and try to explain to them how much work we've done. And it's not just, we didn't just run the loan through DU and get an automated approval. We literally went fully to our underwriter. We've cleared all the conditions and we're ready to go as fast as we can possibly go. So that's really I, awesome. I think that. Yeah, I think with the pandemic and the inventory shortage, it all created a change in the way we do business internally. So that's a positive. That's a really big positive. Um, I know of personally, I know of some 
a couple of veterans that were had VA loans that we did the underwriting up front and we helped them get their offer accepted by calling the listing agent, explaining to them, you know, how much work was done and that they can have confidence in a VA loan, even an FHA loan, which you would never have got those offers accepted a couple of months ago. Now we're starting to see that those offers are getting accepted too. So that's a really big positive for our buyers. That That's a really unique way to think about it. And I mean, for myself, going through the home buying process and the refinancing process, both within the pandemic, both things changed drastically, mm-hmm. but that would have been huge for my, like when I was looking at offers to yes. know which ones that were really going to close, you didn't have to sit here and worry and sit and wonder, like, because I understood what was going on. There's others that don't even have a clue how much those other parts can be so impactful. So that's a really interesting way to think about working and partnering with your agents and to provide that extra value and assurance. It is. And and I had a loan officer recently tell me, um, actually as a manager, Josh Smith is his name. And he said, he's been talking as, as a buyer calls him, he's like, my job is to help you get your offer accepted. It's not to do your mortgage loan at this point. That's just part of the process. And so we're really taking an active approach to partner with our real estate agents, our builder partners, and, and work with them to get that offer accepted. When we call the listing agent, I mean, we're going to bat for everybody in that transaction, trying to win it because there's so many offers. Yes. By, by the, the pieces that we put in place, we, it really makes us different, I think. So I, I think that that's a part that I worried about, you know, when you talked about everything moving to e-close and all these things that you're able to do without that personal touch, you worry mm-hmm. about losing that connection that you get from all of the things that we used to do in person. But you doing these steps feels like it, it gives you that opportunity to gain that trust in that relationship aspect. I agree with you. And I think, I think the, some some real estate agents I've talked to are nervous about the e-close because they don't get the moment at closing, right? Sure. So we've challenged us recently. We've talked to a couple of buyers that said, how long did it take you to drive to closing? 30 minutes. You know, how long were you there? An hour. You know, another 30 minutes home. That's two hours time to just go close on your documents when we've we've done some e-closes now in about 15 or 20 minutes at home on your couch. So you don't have to drive anywhere. But what the agents need to realize is they have an opportunity to take those keys and meet the buyer at their house and really have a celebration moment instead of being at a title company somewhere with a bunch of people. <laughs> like they get to see the house. Yeah. How cool is that going to be to really do something big and make it feel special and video that thing? So, you know, as far as the marketing aspect and what the agency and all that, you know, sometimes it's kind of funny to hear what they say. But, man, I think it's going to be just kind of get a little bit neater what, the, what comes from this. So easier and more fun. I like it. What type of things, you know, like we're things are starting to change things. I mean, they were getting a little bit better. Now they're kind of at a standstill, but it, again, still going somewhere. Um, what obstacles do you foresee still being a challenge after all of this is over now? Kind of. I think that it's going to be, you know, it depends on what happens with inventory, you know, and, and how that drives our, you know, our approach to just getting business. But I think that the market will kind of normalize at least for a little bit. And so the challenge I see with, with real estate agents, loan officers, title reps, everybody in our industry is 
we're going to have to be proactive to go actually market and get business. What we're, we're so used to over the last couple of years, two or three years, just answering the phone and building systems around being busy. And so we have to learn how to market again. And we have to learn how to overcome objections. And we have to learn how to stand out and be different. Uh, and there's even people in the industry that have never had to do that. So they don't even know that's a real thing. They just think this industry is awesome and the phone rings all the time you make money. That's not the case, you know? And so that's probably one of the things I see as a, as a really big challenge that we're facing almost now. Like it's turning, starting to turn right now to where we have to be very proactive in our marketing efforts. We, I have, we have a training uh, with that has to do with success beginning with a plan. And that's one of my like points, like what happens when the phone stops ringing? Cause th that will happen. You know, you have to yes. think past the craze that is right now. Uh, you talked a little bit about it is staying top of mind or, or your marketing and having that be something that people are going to have to focus on. But from a management standpoint, how are LOs going to continue to stay top of mind within the industry? Well, there's two things I want to talk about. One is something our company did during, I want to kind of add this to it, but it speaks to top of mind. So during this pandemic, we know refinance was a real opportunity and we're really a referral-based mortgage company. We do mainly 90, 95% purchase. And so we put together um, a team, we call it the CAT team, customer advantage team. And what they did was outbound marketing to all of our past customers and set appointments for our loan officers for the people that we thought could save some money refinancing. We're going to pivot that, that those efforts to our customers. And in the future, we're going to call with additional offerings. Things like, um, have you ever protested your taxes? Your values have gone up. We have a tax protest service that is you can use there's no upfront fees if they save you money then you pay a small percentage we vetted the company and they're great um, we have um, some other services that are around you know protecting your identity and your credit that we can share with you we can talk about other purchases or ways to help your credit get better through that we also have um, some other offerings that just could be simple like they, their insurance is renewing and they want to know what their options are, that type of thing. Or by us calling and, and engaging with them, we might find out before anybody else that they were thinking about, you know, adding on to their house and they need another loan or they may decide they want another house. So our team is going to be very proactive in reaching out and hopefully giving value to a customer and, and offering other solutions to some of the challenges they face around um, just home needs. You know, we have a My Utilities group that when, when our customer closes, they can for free just sign up and they'll connect all of their utility services. We have another service called Hey Pete that is just kind of like a bunch of contractors that we vetted. If you need other services like a plumber or something, then there's some resources there. So we have all these little things that we could help a homeowner with that they don't even know about sometimes. So we're trying to like give extra value. So they think of us when they need to come back for their mortgage as well. So that's one of the things that we're doing. As a loan officer, you're gonna have to be on social media. You're gonna have, have to be proactive with getting to know people and your phone's just not gonna ring. So relationships are gonna matter, you know, just like they have in the past, that's not gonna change. Sales is sales. You have to make phone calls. You have to connect with people in order to get referrals. It's still going to be the thing that we have to do. It's not, it's 
not going to be some magic pill or magic bullet <laughs> that, we can, that we can take to make everything work. We got to work at it a little bit going forward. So, okay. When we think about the industry and you talked about, you know, some people don't even know anything different than what it is. They got in and they thought it was great, but how do you, you know, what are some of your biggest challenges that you face with recruiting and bringing in new individuals and keeping the ones that you have currently? Yeah, that's a great question. Recruiting, um, recruiting to me is is one of the most challenging things in in our industry to do. And I found that people are when they're ready to move, that's your opportunity. In the meantime, all you can do is just be there and, and try to give them value and make sure they know who you are. I'm starting to see that there's a lot of change right now, and there's people that maybe weren't happy over the last year or two. Um, at their with their company or with their leadership or that type of thing I like to say that most people they they leave their manager they don't always leave a company you know and so maybe they haven't been in a good situation but there's so much volume and so much business that they're leaving money on the table so why would they leave in the middle of this opportunity so if it slows down a little bit and maybe we'll see what rates do but there's going to be I think kind of a frenzy of musical chairs where a lot of people do change companies because they haven't been happy for a long time. The way I see it is we have to be an option for those companies or for those individuals when they're ready to look. If they don't know who I am and they don't know who my company is, is then we're not gonna be an option for them to consider. And the way I do that in, in our company is we you know, make phone calls, just basic sales, try to get to know people. Um, we post through social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, that type of thing. And I post kind of through the lens of what it's like to work at our company, what our core values are. And, and, it, and we're trying to attract the people that like the culture that we have at Service First. I think the hardest thing to do is portray to an individual what it's like to work at your company, because sometimes the things you say sound like what everybody else says. Sure. You know, and when you say it's a great company and you're in this thing together and there's a lot of teamwork and everybody supports each other, well, everybody says that. But what we hear a lot is, wow, it really is a neat place to be at our company. So the challenge for us is how do we portray that and, and let people see what it's really like at our company? And it's starting to be something that we're, we're getting a tipping point started here where more people are telling more people. So it's not as hard to get that message out. But it's still always a challenge. I think that the most we can do is just keep calling and emailing and sharing our message and sharing our story and not being aggressive about it necessarily, but sharing and giving. Um, that's how I call it. I just give as much value as I can and hope that the right people attract back to me is kind of my approach. So that's, that's how I approach recruiting. And we do that on scale. I have some, for some of my managers, we have some recruiters that do the same thing. So we try to give, give, give value. Every once in a while we'll ask, but ultimately we attract <laughs> the right people to us, you know. That's the biggest part about partnerships and different things is providing that value first yes. because you don't just you can't just ask without earning it. I agree. I agree. And when you talk about maintaining your current staff, you talked about a couple of the things that you did. I'm sure that that DoorDash thing goes a long way. The tutors go a long way. Are there any other things that come to mind that help you maintain the current staff that you have? Uh, yeah, we've done um, we've done some like it's like a run challenge okay. or a race or a run challenge. So 
you sign up on an app and it tracks you whatever miles you put in. You just walk around those miles and it's a race uh, to see who can go the furthest or the longest. We did a turkey trot in um, November last year and we had sponsors. And for every mile you went, the company donated a dollar toward the North Texas Food Bank. And we helped pay for, I don't remember the 30,000, I think, uh, wow, Thanksgiving dinner. So it was great. Like that was cool to just be part of that. You know, we have all kinds of fun t-shirts. Like that's kind of a thing in our company is uh, lots of fun t-shirts. The, the dress codes change. Like we wear, we wear t-shirts a lot and shorts and <laughs> have to dress up and that's awesome. You know, and it, it almost got too much. And one of the guys made a joke. He said, the t-shirts will continue until morale improves. You know, it was just kind of his funny little joke, but I mean, we're always coming up with new t-shirts. So I think that the community involvement's a big thing for us to get our team together. We're right in the middle of something we call backpack attack right now. We had a couple of, of our managers that have connections to school districts and they said, hey, we've got some kids that just aren't going to have school supplies and we don't know how to get them. And so we have a culture committee. They brought that to and then inside the culture committee, they said, let's reach out to our branches in the communities and see if there's that in, in other schools, the same thing. And uh, we did, we found that just in some of the people we're connected to about 700 kids that were going to be short of backpacks. So we're in the middle right now of raising money just through a drive, you know, simply if you donate $35 that, that pays for two backpacks, and then the company will match that. So it's really four backpacks and then you get a t-shirt. And so we've been doing that to rate because we have this goal of seven, helping 700 kids in multiple school districts. What's cool is we're not only helping the community, but we all kind of come together for the cause and you get to pack the backpacks and, you know, it's meaningful kind of work. So I think that's a really cool thing that we do. There's so many little things. We sent out uh, glasses for blue blockers. And we saw a lot of people were wearing those um, just to save your eyes because you're living on Zoom all the time and just little fun things. We're just always looking for ways to help help better our team situation, you know. It sounds like you're doing a lot of the right things, and I really appreciate your time today. I think you've offered a lot of valuable insights that other organizations in leadership roles not only can take advantage of, but somebody at an individual level themselves can really take to heart or, or to start to consider when they're dealing with what they have today or what they're looking for for tomorrow. So, John, I really appreciate your time today. It was very valuable speaking to you, and I look forward to connecting again soon. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you doing this. I appreciate all the work you guys are doing. Can't wait to listen to more episodes. All right. Thanks, John. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. For all the latest industry insights, subscribe to Mortgage Connects on Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or simply go to mortgageconnects.com.